The reading this morning is from Matthew 13, verses 24 to 30, the parable of the weeds. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time... I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them up in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. This is the word of the Lord. On the 22nd of May this year, a young man was walking down a street in the Woolwich area of London near the Royal Artillery Barracks when he was approached by two men with knives and a meat cleaver, and he was butchered to death, horribly killed. And we all know his name, don't we? Drummer Lee Rigby. And when something horrible like that happens, we we often ask the question, why? Why do bad things happen to good people? Just under two years ago, just after, quite soon after I first came to St. Matthew's, actually, A mother of six was murdered by her partner of many years, just 250 yards away from the church. And again, we ask ourselves, why, why God? Why, if if, if you're a good God, how can you let these things happen? And for that matter, how can you let 80 people die in a train crash in Spain? Or how can you let 80,000 die in a civil war in Syria? Or even millions in the genocide that's happened in Africa over the last 10, 20 years. What's going on? We want some answers. Because we've brought baby Joseph here this morning and had him christened. And we've prayed a prayer to God. We've asked God to protect baby Joseph and his family and his home. And we want to know, God, can we trust you? We think you're a good God, but can we trust you? And that's the question that is asked. It's central in the story that we just heard, read, about the parable of the weeds. The good news is that through this story, Jesus gives us some answers. So let's have a quick look at it. It's in your service sheets. And in the first verse, it says that Jesus told them another parable... Jesus often told stories in order to help about everyday life, in order to help people understand something about God. And in this parable, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. And so the first thing we understand from this story is that God intends nothing but good for all of us. He loves each one of us, you and me, and he intends nothing for good, nothing but good. The, the man sowed good seed in the field. He didn't sow anything else. 
That's God. That's God sowing his love in the world. However, in verse 25, the next verse, it says, But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. And so this beautiful field of wheat is ruined by the weeds that have grown up. And the world that was meant and intended by God for good is marred by evil things, terrible events such as the ones I've mentioned. And we ask the question, why? And that's exactly what the people ask the man who sowed the seed in the story. In verse 27, the owner's servants came to him and said, didn't you sow good seed in the field? Then where did the weeds come from? In other words, why? Why is there bad stuff when it's meant to be good? And this is a big question that we ask in life. Why are there so many bad things? And in verse 28, he gives them the answer. He says, an enemy did this. An enemy did this. And the Christian belief is this. The Christian belief is that while there is a God of love who means nothing but good for the world, there is also a personal presence of evil which is responsible for much of the bad things that go on in the world. He's sometimes referred to as the devil or Satan. And you might be sitting there thinking, oh, come on, Pads, surely that stuff's only for horror films, isn't it? The devil and Satan and all that. But actually, you know, some people find it much easier to believe in the devil than they do to believe in a loving God. William Peter Blatty, who wrote the film The Exorcist, one of the best-known horror films, he said this about belief. He said, as far as God's concerned, I'm a non-believer. But he said, when it comes to the devil, that's something different. Because the devil keeps advertising. The devil keeps doing commercials. And in fact, if you just glance back a couple of pages in your service sheet to page four, you'll see that some of the responses and the questions that were asked of the parents and godparents were this. Do you reject the devil and all rebellion against God? I reject them. Do you renounce the deceit and corruption of evil? I renounce them. And so we can see that the Christian belief is that there is a presence of evil in the world which undermines much of the good and tempts us to do things and say things and think things that are not good. And you might be thinking that, gosh, isn't all this a bit heavy for a christening service, talking about the devil and, 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 and all these bad things? But that's only one side of the equation. There may be a personal presence of evil in the world, but the good news is that there is a loving God. And the loving God is much more powerful than the enemy. The loving God has even already got the enemy on the run. But the question that we have to make our minds up about in our lives is, who are we going to choose? Which way are we going to choose? Are we going to go with the loving God or are we going to allow the weeds to overtake our lives? Because there isn't any neutral ground. If, if we're honest about it, all of us have weeds growing up in our lives. I know I do. 
Every lie we've ever told, every bad thought we've had about another person, every time we've wished ill on someone else, every time we've done any of those things, we've played the devil's game. Those aren't for things of a loving God, are they? And so we have to choose. And the good news is that for baby Joseph, Joseph's parents have chosen to say, we want baby Joseph to be blessed by a loving God. We want his life blessed by a God of love. That's why you come to a christening. And by following a loving God, we're putting our trust in the person of Jesus Christ. And the question you might ask is, well, how? How does that work? And it works like this, that because... We've already said that we all have weeds in our lives. We're all imperfect human beings. We've all played the devil's game at one time or another. Despite that, God still loves us. He looks at us and he loves us. And so he hasn't left us in that condition. And he did something amazing. He sent Jesus Christ, his only son, to die on a cross to sacrifice his life in agony, carrying all of the weeds in our lives, all of the sins of the world, in order that we could be forgiven and set free. And the the thing that's required of us is to choose to go God's way and to leave the weeds behind. And that may sound all, all well and good, but there's one perhaps last question hanging over this story about the weeds and the wheat. And that is that, well, why doesn't, if there is a loving God, why doesn't he deal with the, all the bad things as they happen? Why didn't he stop those two people walking towards Drummer Lee Rigby? Why didn't he prevent that train crashing? Why doesn't he deal with it right here and now? And the story gives the answer to that. The, 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 the servants asked him in verse 28, do you want us to go and pull up these weeds now? And he says, No. Because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat. Let both grow together until the harvest. And and what that's about is this, is that God, if God judged us in the here and now for the things that we've said and done, well, I'd be dead meat already. I'd be gone. I know that. But God loves us so much, he gives our lives to be able to decide whether we're going to choose God's way or whether we're going to choose the weeds. And the enemy. And that's why he waits for the weeds and the wheat to grow together. Now, you might be listening to this and thinking, well, that all sounds very good and it sounds wonderful. I'd love that forgiveness that God offers. But how does that happen? How does that actually happen? And it's quite difficult to explain, but perhaps one of the easiest things to do is to just finish by telling you just a little bit about my own journey. Because I haven't been a vicar all my life. In fact, for most of my adult life, I didn't even go to church and I didn't even believe in God. That may surprise you that I'm a vicar now. But I used to have, I used to lead on the face of it a pretty good life. I had a lovely house, lovely family, lovely children. I had lots of material possessions, big house, nice cars in the drive, all of that kind of thing. And on the outside, People would, would have looked at me and said, yeah, yeah, he's doing well, he's, you know, he's fine. On the inside, I was full of weeds. 
It was, I was, I was actually quite a selfish person. It was all about me. I was, in the worst way, I was proud. I was proud. Look what I've done. I've got a five-bedroom house and this cars and all, all that kind of thing. It was all about me. I wasn't a very good father. I didn't spend much time with my children when they were small. I was selfish. Then 13 years ago, I was on a business trip to South Africa. And a friend, I went to stay with a friend called Chris. And one Sunday morning, he took me to a little church out in the bush. It was nothing more than a, a, a thatched shade in the sun. And the people gathered beneath it. And during that service... I had an incredible experience of the powerful presence of God. And it was like I felt so much love and joy and relief sweeping through me. It was, it was amazing. And I knew that nothing would ever be the same again. Um, and it wasn't. And I came back and I started to explore more. And I got involved in a, in a, in a local church here in Reading. Um, and one thing led to another. And, 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 and here I am, a vicar. Um, but it, more importantly than that, I began to get rid of the weeds. I didn't care so much about myself anymore, and I started caring about others. And those who know me would say that I'm probably a rather better person than I used to be. And if that sounds, if any of this sounds good to you, and you're thinking, do you know, I'd really, I could really do with some of that. I really like the sound of that. And you're thinking, but what next? What would I, want to, what would I do now if I, if I actually thought, do you know, I would like that experience of having God in my life. Well, here are just a few simple things. The first thing is that it's back to the choice. We have to decide that we want to go with the God of love rather than with the weeds and with the enemy. And you can do that very simply anytime, even this morning, beginning now. The second thing that we need to do is that although Joseph's parents have chosen to have him christened, which is committing him to this God of love, christening isn't a one-off event. It's a, it's a lifetime ongoing journey of faith in God through Jesus Christ. And so we need to get plugged into a local church, whether that's this one here or whether it's another one near where you live or whatever it is. We need, you need to be in a community of faith. Um, learning about this God of love and growing together. And if you want to explore any of that more, there are two things, two things that I could suggest. One of them is to get plugged into a church. We meet here every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And, um, and, and through that, and in the community of faith, you can learn more about it. But also, in the autumn, we have a thing starting called the Alpha Course, which some of you may have heard of. And, um, and it's a wonderful opportunity. It, it runs on a weekday evening. And it's a wonderful opportunity to come and explore about the Christian faith. It's, it's, it, you, you don't have to have any knowledge at all. You can come along. You can ask anything you like. You can say exactly what you think. Um, there are no experts on the Alpha course. Um, but it's great fun. And it's a wonderful way of exploring the Christian faith. So that'll be starting in the autumn here at St. Matthew's. And finally, I'd just like to close in a prayer. Because it may be that there's somebody sitting here this morning who's heard what I've said and is thinking, do you know what? I actually feel that I'd like to make that decision to go with the God of love and to make a, a definite decision about that this morning. 
And so I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you want to join me in it, if that's you and you want to join me in it, just pray it silently in your heart as I pray. You don't need to tell anyone else you've said it. But it's a prayer that just says, I'm choosing the God of love and I want to put the weeds behind me. So let's bow our heads for a prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all of the weeds that I've allowed to grow up in my life. And I want to put them behind me and turn to you. Thank you that you died for me on the cross so that I could be forgiven and have my slate wiped clean and start afresh. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit and be with me forever. Amen.